All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Misfit Nation. Continuing our shows on Mentors for Podcasting. We bring you one who started at the very beginning of podcasting. And has been a trailblazer since then. He is the host of Becoming a Successful Podcaster. And the founder of the New York Podcaster Network. Without further ado, let's get Bruce Shamoff on here. All right, welcome to the show, Bruce Shamoff, a successful podcaster, musician, songwriter, and web developer. Welcome to the show, Bruce. Hey, thank you, Rich. Nice to be here. Uh, thanks for being flexible this week, and uh, of course, now with Anchor having some connectivity issues, uh, I'm glad you were able to get this thing going and let you share some of your tips and tidbits on how to have a, a successful podcast as people more people are getting into podcasting now, and I know I could have used some tips and tricks when I got into this about uh, yeah, but I've been learning on the fly. That's great. That's the best way to learn. It's just on the fly. Everybody makes mistakes, and hopefully they learn from them, and they just get better. That's right. Either you get better, <laughs> or things just go into a spiral all the way down to the bottom. But you're still, as long as you're having fun doing it, I guess it, it works out well for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the best way to just get into podcasting is just do it. It's easy. I find it's easy for people to start podcasting, but it's usually challenging for people to continue after a couple right. of episodes. Exactly. And how did you get into podcasting? Well, believe it or not, I got into podcasting in 2005. So going back <laughs> quite a ways there. I heard of podcasting just as a very light term. And one day I was in Barnes and Noble and I saw a book on podcasting. And when I saw that book, I knew it was here to stay. I saw the big silver, it was a silver book written by Todd Cochran, who's the owner of Blueberry, the Blueberry Network. And I just, I saw it, as soon as I saw this book, I I knew something was going to happen here in a good way, that there was some kind of trend going on because obviously people are writing books about it. And then I heard through a little more research that Adam Curry from MTV, from the Headbangers Ball, way back when, is now the grandfather of podcasting. So this this was all in 2005. And I'm a big fan of Adam Curry because I'm a big fan of that show. So I I was blown away when I saw that. Wow, that was a big name drop that brought me back to my days in growing up in New Jersey. Wow. Yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so you started, you got the, the bug back then in 2005, and then I guess you've morphed into different ideas along the way as a podcasting host. Yeah, the one thing I did, my first show, because I'm a musician, was finding other musicians who needed a boost in their marketing, right? We didn't have Spotify back in 2005, as I can recall. And there was nobody really hosting podcasts. We didn't have, you know, Apple just had iTunes. They were not doing podcasting at the time. There was nobody like Anchor or Buzzsprout. It was just, let's create an MP3. And I believe the only company that was out there that anybody would have heard of that's still around now is Libsyn. And Libsyn was probably like the biggest company back then. So I was on with them for a little while. And then 
for some reason, I had problems with them, and they've improved. But before they did, I had left, and I just started hosting my own MP3s right through my website and just putting out the episodes. And then at that point, I got a lot of bands, found them all through social media, which if you can call social media what it was back in 2005. We didn't have, <laughs> face, we didn't even have Facebook back then. But I think right. it was like MySpace. I found we had MySpace. I found some musicians locally in my area of Long Island. And I started the Long Island Podcast Network. And at that point, I was pushing my own music, pushing all these artists. It, it was just amazing. But then at one point, I found that why should I just limit myself to just music? Maybe there are sports podcasts out there and news and things like that. So I started finding other podcasters. Then I built my first podcast network. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, I see I'm looking at your bio here, and that's one of the first questions to ask you is, what made you what gave you the idea? And I, I understand the music side and then also gathering in, making a new community, basically, especially like you said, in 2005, MySpace, I think it was just growing at that time, MySpace actually, and it was built for sort of for music and you can have your top three people or whatever on there. Yeah. And then that was before Facebook exploded, I, I think 2009 or 10. I, I can't remember when Facebook actually blew up, but it, it all happened fast and MySpace kind of got thrown to the side at that point. But your network was a web-based network, and I'm sure it, it has grown from outside of Long Island now to all of New York, it says, right? Yes, it has. And we've created other types of websites that came off all the data from that. Because by, by trade, I'm a web developer. So it's not just being a web designer. With me, if I get an idea for a website, I'm working on it that day. <laughs> I'm buying the domain <laughs> that day, and I'm just you – know, I'm a real – I don't like to procrastinate. And what I did was I actually, well, what happened was I wanted to promote other podcasters. I didn't want it to just be myself and my own with the music. So one thing I did was I, back then, I think the big, there was a big Microsoft language called ASP and I'm not going to get too technical, but what happened was I built, everybody was blogging back then. So most podcasters do not blog now. But that is the latest episode on my podcast. It's why podcasters should have a blog. Back then, everybody was adding blogs. And they were adding one episode per blog post, which was amazing. And then when if they were using a website like Blogspot and WordPress, you would get an RSS feed. So the RSS feed, and a lot of people still don't know what RSS feeds are, although they're free everywhere. And I have another episode on that on my podcast. RSS feeds allow any podcaster to put their content anywhere else. And to me, that's just the best marketing tool for anybody because it's like content distribution, right? I can give my RSS feed to any website. They write a program and all my podcast episodes from three or five years ago to any future episode will be on that website. And to me, there's nothing better than that. <laughs> so, um, and when I built the podcast network, I was thinking, and here's the thing. I, I don't know if I ever built the first podcast network, but I feel like I did for one reason, because I told me the term podcast network. I wanted it to be like a radio network, right? A TV network. So it's a network of shows with episodes. And that just dawned on me to call it a podcast network. Now there are thousands of podcast networks out there. And I can't tell you if I made the first one, but no one ever gave me that term. So I'm, I'm assuming I did. <laughs> well, 
and we'll give you the kudos because you're the first one that I've seen outside of any of the big podcast hosting sites, which you really can't consider those actual networks as they're mostly posting yeah. something on their feed to get more visitors to their feed at that point. Not really boosting your your actual podcast, but boosting their their ability to have your podcast on there. Yes, so, exactly. Um, go ahead. Okay. So <laughs> as a young podcaster starts and gets on, gets that bright idea like you, uh, you didn't, you didn't want to pro- procrastinate. You had an idea. You go build websites. You design them. You get them out there. So as a podcaster has those same ideas and doesn't want to procrastinate, what can they do immediately to grow their audience? Well, the first thing they have to do, and I know nobody wants to hear this, they have to actually define their audience, their target audience. And when I say that, I mean demographics. And that's just simply what is the age of your of your audience, of your average audience member? What is the gender? I mean, do you want men, women, or both, right? Um, what age group do you want? And of course, what lifestyle are they into? Like, are they, I mean, if you're you're starting a sports podcast, you obviously have to find sports fans, right? You're not going to find somebody that likes cooking, you know? <laughs> um, and I find a lot of people, they start the podcast, they don't know what demographics they want to target, and their audience doesn't grow. Because in order to know, in order to grow, not only do you need to know where your audience is, but you need to know where they're hanging out online. Are they hanging out on TikTok? Are they hanging out on Instagram or Facebook? And that is whatever you make that determination, because every demographic hangs out in one main social network. You as the podcaster, you go there, you hang out, you answer any questions, become friends with everybody, and eventually say, hey, by the way, guys, I have a podcast. So I really think the first thing to do is brand awareness and demographics, and that alone will help you grow your audience. Awesome. And then you led into the second question. I was asked about which network to get on. And you're right. It depends on – that's a depends answer because, say, uh, the 40, 35 through probably 55, 60 is probably Facebook. Yes. That's probably Facebook's best place for them. Or those who are in the business world, LinkedIn would be a spot in that area too. But that might go on the 20, 28 age group. And then there's exactly. TikTok, which is a, it's going to be a younger demographic on TikTok because that's all the only people that know how to do that properly. Uh, exactly. Most, most people our age are, they look at I me mean, a lot of, there's a lot of funny videos on there, but having the time to do those little funny videos and get them out there is not our, yes. our little click in the world. And uh, Twitter, it, it can go any either way. So there's, there's different groups of people on Twitter. I think a lot of the people from MySpace are now on Twitter pushing music now. So you might have some musicians on Twitter. And, and of course, Instagram is, is kind of a blending of freedom at once, usually. Exactly. And you know what? If if Parler ever comes back, then if you have a political podcast, you go there. Right. <laughs> That's simple. Exactly. But I don't, I don't, we, we don't know what's happening with Parler right now, but uh, I think Parler, they got kicked off a couple of months ago and then they came back. So if you have a political podcast, there's no question it doesn't matter who your favorite politician is. Go on Parler because that is – I mean I guess you can say if you're a, if you're a Republican and a Donald Trump fan, yeah, Parler is perfect for you because <laughs> so, you're definitely going to find a huge audience right there. Yeah, and you're going to find all the same people that you're, you're trying to talk to or, or saying the same things to you anyway. Exactly. On a constant basis. Exactly. You know, So that's exactly what it is. If you have a teenage audience and that's your podcast – 
I mean, if you're a teenager yourself, obviously you're going to be on TikTok, just like you said. Now, Twitter, I'll be honest with you. Twitter, I find, is an older audience. And I've done some research on Twitter because social media, it's not about just marketing yourself. It's about finding who's there. It's always about the people, right? Your audience is made up of people. So it makes perfect sense for you to know where your audience is hanging out. And your audience might not be the same as my audience, right? I mean, I see, I mean, Mike, and you asked me one question about the podcast network and how it has it grown. When I first started the Long Island Podcast Network, it was roughly about 12 podcasts. Now we converted to the New York City Podcast Network and we have almost 600. Wow. (laughs) So, you know, and I see, I see them all. I see them all coming out. I get I get a lot of people from the LGBTQ community. They say, how can I build my audience with an LGBTQ podcast? I said, you know, I really don't know because I'm not in that community. But if you're in that community, where you, you tell me, where do you hang? Somebody who's an LGBTQ person, right? Where do you hang out? Where do you actually talk to people? And whatever, whatever that answer is, you go and you start – branding your podcast on that social network sports fans cooking fans all that it's just you know find it yeah if wherever you hang your hat to hang out that's that's where you need to hang your your hat to grow your business grow your podcast and most of them should know that unless they're just that secluded where they don't they don't go out into the social media world at all for they're that one person out of every 35 or something that doesn't hit social media at all and uh that it'd be hard for them to grow anyway at that point since they, they don't have that feed out there. Exactly. Because once you determine that, then getting into your podcast is just very easy. You know, buy the microphone, plug it in, make your recordings and upload it to Anchor or Buzzsprout or Libsyn or whoever. And that's, that's the easy part, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, but it's, it's always growing the audience that challenges everyone. It's it's all the peripherals that really keep you going on this with this. I, I mean, the interviews are a lot of fun for me because I get to meet a lot of different people. I yeah. I talk to people with all kinds of areas of life, uh, like yourself, a podcast expert, web designer, musician, all in one, all with one hat. I mean, that's that's a lot of stuff for one guy. And then yeah. I've had musicians, I've had authors, I've had veterans. Uh, I've had motivational speakers and they're just all the whole cornucopia of people. So it's, it's fun to get to know their stories and get their stories out there to make sure that others can actually reach out to them as well. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I listen to misfit nation, <laughs> so <laughs> I know, I know that you're probably a, I mean, not you're probably, you are a very diverse podcast, right? And when I reviewed you on Apple, I stayed true to my word, right? I said that this is a very dynamic podcast, right? Misfit Nation is, and I said this once before, it's not a one-size-fits-all podcast, right? It's a very broad, you have people from coming from all types of backgrounds. And I really appreciate that because your audience could be a lot, you know, your audience is a lot wider than somebody else who might have a more narrow audience. And that's another thing that people have to figure out. How, how narrow or wide do you want your audience, Right. And there's pros and cons to both. See, my my audience is very narrow because my I pertain strictly to podcasters, right? I'm not going to – I mean, I'm a musician, but my podcast is not about music. So I'm not going to interview musicians, right? I'm not going to interview songwriters. But anybody who's a podcaster, such as yourself, 
um, that you're in my market, <laughs> right? And for me personally, I don't because I'm I'm going technically for like a lifestyle, right? There's another type of audience, what they call the psychographics, and the psychographics is what type of lifestyle is your audience into? Because maybe you might you might because I, I talk to a lot of people to say, oh, I don't know what my age group is. Um, my, I got an 18 year old and I got a 65 year old. I say, okay, fine. But if you're going to be, if you're going to have an age group that is that diverse, then you need to at least hone down with some kind of psychographic or a lifestyle or a hobby, right? Um, if you're, like I said before, LGBTQ, that's a lifestyle for a lot of people, right? You don't care if, if you have somebody who's 18 or not, but with me, um, you know, I have a, a particular lifestyle. My lifestyle is podcasting, right? So I don't really care who the age group is, and I don't care who the gender is, right? Because I know. So yours, particularly, Rich, is an amazing podcast because I could tell right away you have people from all walks of life, from all different types of industries, and you pertain to a lot of different audiences. It's very hard to do that with one podcast, but you do it well, and I could tell. Thank you. It's like yeah. I said, it's 34 episodes in and I'm, I'm learning on the fly, but I'm also learning a lot from a lot of people. Uh, my, my toolbox is getting very full with tips and tricks from, from different uh, areas of life. So Absolutely. I should be pretty good moving forward. And hopefully the audience is grabbing that same stuff and being able to do to, to grab it and fill their toolbox yeah. and be able to make themselves better as they move forward in life. Yes, that's that's great. You know, I mean, I I heard a lot of the different guests you have, and you know, some of them really entertained me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple. It was hard to interview because I was laughing so hard, but it, yeah, I had a good time with them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's the always, and that's the number one thing about podcasting: always have a good time. Yes, and if you're not, then don't do it. And it, just like anything in life, if you're not enjoying it, move on to something that you do enjoy, so that a you're happy and be the people you're trying to make happy are also happy. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> On the search optimization, uh, what strategies do you use to get podcasters higher up on the, the Google rating chart? Okay. Well, now you're talking about all my episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if anybody, I mean, shameless plug, if anybody really wants to learn all this stuff, you can, my podcast answers all these questions. So with search engine optimization, and I just came out with an episode about blogging, that is probably a very important step that a lot of podcasters don't do. And most of us assume that SEO is reserved for websites, right? Getting my website to the first page of Google. I mean, I'm a web developer. I know all about that, but I'm not an SEO expert, right? And anybody who comes to me for search and optimization, I, I turn them away professionally and I say, you can call this guy. But there's an easier way to do it with podcasting. And what I tell everybody is this, go, go about your business, record your podcast like you normally would. When you're done with your podcast, take the audio and get it transcribed. So you transcribe it, now you've got a really cool text file, and you have basically a blog post. And then you post that on some blog. Hopefully, you'll get some search engine rankings. And the cool thing about 
podcast SEO is you don't have to worry about keywords like you normally would if you have a website because you're just going along talking and everything you talk about in one episode becomes a keyword. Ah. So that makes any sense. Yes. Okay. And the other thing too is that if you have a, a 10 or 20 minute podcast, you have roughly about 2,000 words and the minimum that Google wants is 1,500 words. So, you know, if you have a long enough, I mean, if you have a three or four minute episode, you're not going to satisfy Google. But if you have like a 10 or 15 minute episode, there's no problem. <laughs> you're already knocking out the park at that point. So that's good. All right. Welcome back, Bruce. Uh, we were talking about the genre of music you play in now. We know you started out with rock. And then where'd you go from there? So I started out with rock, went to smooth jazz with the saxophone. Ooh. And then after that, I just I had about two albums with the jazz, but I wasn't playing jazz. It was a very cool type of music, but rock always made me, you know, satisfied me as far as performing it. So I went back to rock, and I'm still writing and producing. Nice. Five albums later. <laughs> That's outstanding. You stay busy. I mean, you you're very creative. You like you said before, if you get an idea, you run with it. You go with it, and I'm sure it's the same we are, not just with web design or web developing. If you have a song, uh, a thought for a song, you probably run forward with that and the right one and then to get it played. Exactly. That's what I do. <laughs> That's awesome. And to have all, have that talent and be able to share your skills with others via your, your podcast uh, and your blog. I mean, that's that's just, the of course, the network page you've made. You're sharing so much skills with other people that hopefully they're appreciative towards you as they uh, listen listen to your words and heed your advice. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so the last question that, that's on your page here is, what's the fastest way to start up for someone to start a podcast? I can, I can think of many ways for that, but I'd like to hear your answer on that one. Well, like I said, you know, you buy a microphone for <laughs> under, you know, under whatever your budget is. I would say a decent microphone is about $100, but now they have good ones for like 50 And start recording, find a good software like Audacity, and just upload the MP3 to either Anchor or Buzzsprout or Libsyn. That's it. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That, uh, me, I didn't even buy a microphone first. I just went off the computer and did it that way. I said, I'm going to try this thing out and figure it out. And that's what go. I did. And now I've bought three different microphones along the way through 34 episodes. And I think I have the range from $35 probably to $120 with an interface. So it, uh, they all serve different purposes now. So but I have a whole bunch of microphones on my desk. And, what, and what's your favorite brand of podcast, Mike? I have uh, the Tonar. Favorite one, if I can go off the computer, or the Tonar, just USB port one, which is what I'm recording with right now. Oh, that's great! Yeah, I mean that's that's what podcasters should do. Just get the mic. As a matter of fact, since a lot of people don't really have money, my suggestion is just podcast off your phone. Yep. It makes a great podcast, Mike, for a lot of people. And a lot of my interviews I do out of my Jeep, and uh, that microphone in there is probably better than these two, and without knowing it. So. Yes. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> knows the difference as long as it sounds great and. Um, if you, you know, obviously it depends on what 
microphone your phone has, but I have a Samsung. And it works, believe it or not, better than any podcast microphone I've ever had. See, it could just, just like that. You just fall into something <laughs> like the S10. I have a, the S21 now, and, and that it works pretty well. It just has some hiccups every once in a while. It has its own mind sometimes with, like, most Android yeah. things I've had. They've had their own mind along the way, and they, they do things that make you mad or just to keep you on your toes, I guess. Yes. All right, Bruce, welcome back. As we were talking about uh, Samsung and Android doing their thing on their yep. own, bam, it happened. So. <laughs> So welcome back. <laughs> Good to be back. <laughs> and not even touching, not even touching it. It decided it wanted to break. So that was good. Yeah. No, it's all good. No, I know that we we're, uh, I was just talking about, yeah, the different microphones. And if somebody wants to get into podcasting quickly, all they need to do is install the Anchor app right on their phone. And that's it. You know, sign up in your pod couple of setup questions and you're good to go yeah it's pretty anchor was pretty seamless and starting up and that's i did research on i think there were three or four of them some of them were a little more complicated than that but this one just seems so easy uh plug and play basically for me as a nug i can get in there and do it and get it going and just grow as i learn on the fly here exactly that's the best way to do it so if you can give three tidbits of advice to an up-and-comer podcast or musician what would that be? Let's see. So since we're talking about podcasting, I would say, well, first of all, a musician up and coming. Let's say that for a musician, write one song, produce it well, don't worry about making an album, and get it out as a single onto Spotify. And actually, just to elaborate, nobody's making albums anymore. Everybody makes singles right. anymore. That's if you notice, all the big artists are coming out with singles. So that is what I tell new songwriters, new podcasters. Like I said, don't even give it a second thought. Learn as you go along. Make as many mistakes as you have to, and you'll get better with every single episode. And the third tip is, and I say this to both musicians and uh, podcasters, always think out of the box. And that's that's nice. my three. Those are my three tips. Awesome. Thanks for the tips, Bruce. And how does someone get in contact with you if they want to do a one-on-one to talk to you and find out a little bit more about how you've made it as far as you have? Hey, Rich. So they can always get me on Podmatch, just as you have. Okay. Awesome. And they can always look me up on LinkedIn too. All right, but I'll put the I'll put all that onto the show notes so they can grab that and uh, and reach out and get you. Absolutely. And thanks again for being on, Bruce. And I look forward to listening to a few more of your episodes to make me more dangerous at this. Yes, absolutely, Rich. I got two more coming up in the next couple of days, and then I still have 20 on the queue. <laughs> oh, wow. Peace. All right. Awesome. All right. I Thank you I- very much. That was awesome chatting with Bruce. He gave us a ton of information on being a a successful podcaster and also opened the door for us to join the New York Podcaster Network. Thanks for being on, and we look forward to a return visit in the future. So you know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on The Misfit Nation.
be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that would bring energy and a great story to the show, have them visit our website, themisfitnation.com, and reach out to us. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling, because we are The Misfit Nation.